Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to the weekly movie show with the boy Connor. Hello. It's just you and me, bro. Just you and me. Benny's out of action. Many apologies, guys, this week. A bit of of a few things happened earlier this week and uh, we couldn't quite tee up recording as we normally do on Tuesday night. So uh, we had to kick it on to Thursday Many apologies to to come with that, guys. We were supposed to release our Doctor Sleep review because we've all seen it, but um, we're kicking that on to next Tuesday. So it's coming out a little bit later, but along uh, with Irishman and some other things as Mandalorian, well, Mandalorian uh, episode one and two, Watchmen episode five as well next week. So uh, yeah, but thanks, thanks for all your support. Thanks for always tuning in uh, and and uh, your patience with us in these circumstances um but yeah it's it's just your boy connor and george this week and do we have a week disney plus has finally launched in uh, america uh we've got it next week but uh we've got a few updates there uh amongst other things including matt reeves as the batman we might have some casting updates there and also a ton of trailers sonic the hedgehog soul We've also got some clips for What If, Question of the Week, Watchmen Episode 4, spoiler review at the end of the show. It's a monster episode as it always is. And uh, guys, if you want to skip anywhere, head to the annotations, skip to wherever you want to go in the episode, you have autonomy over your life. That's that's all we like. That's and what ours, we like to say. In a weird way. Yeah. If you want us to stop talking, it's very simple. Just send in that question. Just send in that send in that <laughs> comment. Talking, send in yeah. that post. Uh, but you know, you know, before the news, before the this, before the that, let's catch up on what's been on everyone's televisual. Connor, fill us in, cool. man. Have you seen anything cool this week? In my quest to to bring my fiance up to speed on any number of pop culture IPs. Um <laughs> which seems to be a, a mission that I'm constantly on. Um, That's a mountain. We have watched uh, quite a few episodes of the uh, cult um, TV show Firefly. Nice. I've never seen Firefly. I look. I was a bit worried. I'm waiting for like I'm waiting for the right time to see that because it's it's heralded as the best of the best, and I've seen Serenity, and I didn't love it. Yeah, so this is this is always my concern, right? When you have a TV show that you know that you love that you've had a you know a relationship with for for a lot of years, showing it to someone else can be very nerve wracking, and it kind of gives you a window into how a series has aged, and you know sometimes <laughs> you 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 revisit properties and they're just they're just not good. Um, and I'll get to that a little bit later. Oops. But um, with Firefly, I have to say that I think that the... I, I absolutely love it. I still love it, Rewatching it now. Um, and that is in part due to the writing from Joss Whedon. I think that this movie, sorry, this series um, hits a perfect line between um, comedy and drama um, as well as bringing elements of sci-fi and Western, and uh, particularly in the aesthetics. Um, this It's just a big melting pot, and 
it there's something for just about everyone in this. Um, so yeah, we uh, we're, we're nearing the end. It's only fourteen episodes, I think, twelve or fourteen episodes all up, um, which means that ultimately it's short and uh, short and sweet, um, which is in and of itself bittersweet, I guess. Love those kind of series. Yeah, yeah. Just um, leaving you with that taste. You know, it's it's like with the band on stage, you know, you don't, you want to leave them wanting more. You want to play 12 songs instead of 18 songs. This, uh, I feel like could have, if there was at least another six episodes, I think that this would have been really great because there was some some themes or at least some... Um, well, I guess season two was always kind of like, oh, we'll resolve this in the future. You know? Yeah, I don't know. So at, at any rate, Still holds up. Still makes me laugh out loud. Like, and, and, just, and what did um, what did your fiance think? Uh, Taya, she uh, she. Loves I don't it. know. Like, I, I'm like, do I call it? Do I say Taya on the podcast? I'm like, <laughs> say, well, it is her name. Say, well, you always say you always say my fiance. So I'm like, well, um, not not many people yeah, are gonna know who yeah. Taya is. Yeah, like, yeah, I just yeah, Throw it around yeah, the name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> like, what do I do now? Uh, no, she really likes it, um, which is more than I can say from my next entry into what I've watched this week. I convinced, cornered, forced, I don't know what the oh. word is, uh, to Dude, watch, for her to watch, um, don't be doing that, uh, to watch Attack of the Clones. Ah, um, nice one. And my big push with this is that I want her to have watched the the prequels so that we can then watch the, the most Sequel recent trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. Um, Cause I just feel like that you need some context for some of this stuff. Right. So yeah, we chucked that on. Um, oh, man, this, this is not aged. Well, it is. <laughs> and, and it, it reinforces Come something. On. <laughs> it reinforces Come something on, that, that scene in Coruscant where he's getting chased. And they're on the speed of thing, flying through. That's awesome. Piss poor. That's awesome. Uh, when was the last time you watched it? Ooh, Attack of the Clones. Because must have been five, six. Rewatching because it, it it's 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 not awesome, right? Like <laughs> the 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 thing that really frustrates me about this film you, you is that love- there is a there is a good movie in there. Totally. Not not in what it's been shot, but the story that it is telling, like. You watch it and you're like, "Fuck!" If they, if they had given this basic story to a <laughs> to a competent director, um, uh, particularly if they had done it nowadays, because um, I can forgive you know shoddy CGI, but I can't forgive the execution on the storytelling on this, like because the story's there, like it, like it just the screenplay and. I don't even necessarily blame the actors that much. Like, I mean, the acting is really stiff and kind of, you know, disjointed. Um, but I think that that has a lot more to do with the, the script, like the screenplay, than it does the actual actors. Well, famously, George Lucas on set, his only direction he ever gives is faster and more intense. So, you know, like, you know, if the screenplay is not great and the and the director's not giving you anything more than that you kind of in a corner do, yeah. yeah and and look i just there there's just lines uh you know it, it's almost exited my head already i only watched it less than a week ago but frolicking just, on those like pig oh, things just on piss poor 
And like some super creepy lines as well. Like the initial like the the way that they develop that that relationship between Anakin and Padme is downright creepy. You wouldn't do that nowadays. Oh. There's no way you would do like some it, that, ten year old kid falling in love and then that has 20 not years later. aged well. Just the way that like <laughs> she like outright says you're making me feel uncomfortable and he gives this like weird like <laughs> smile to her. I'm like, oh, Oh, that does not play well. Damn. Like, it's just Damn it's problem. so creepy. I mm. fuck knows what they were thinking Poor when Hayden. they were like, you know, what was George thinking when he when he when he you know when he wrote that when he's like, she's gonna say you're making me feel uncomfortable, and he's just gonna leer at her. Like, you know, I feel like oh. he's the most innocent man. You know, yeah, at Hayden. least. You know, George Lucas, like he would, he wouldn't even be like acutely aware of the. Well, un, see, we talked about this last time, undertones. right? About his like about watching the Phantom Menace and just getting this like intense feeling, like is this just really racist? Yeah, um, yeah, with all yeah. like the voices and the it's stereotypes totally, and that, totally. I'm like, and in my head, like I just, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't envision George Lucas as this like guy that's like yeah let's you know take the piss out of people with funny accents type thing like i just don't think that he would operate in that way well, and I, so like i, I, I totally get philanthropic i'm sure he is like i'm sure he's a really lovely guy and mm. but like in terms of story like the the execution side of storytelling just it's not refined his poor it's not very refined yeah, his and skill like, set is in other areas. His skill set is in technological advances and and, and being a producer. Like he's yeah. super prolific in that area. Yeah, you know, and if he just industrial light magic in, yeah. is like is really Skywalker impressive. Sound, Lucasfilm, yep, yep. you know, developing technology. Yep. Attack of the Clones, one of the first films to ever be shot on digital. I think it was seven twenty p though. Basically, a animated film though. Like it, right. it does not age well at all. But, but he, um, you know, he went, he 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 swung for the fences. Yep. Um, but he cool. that those prequels would have been better served if he'd just been a producer. Yep. And got somebody else I, to do a rewrite and and direct. I will give you an example. Count Dooku is the most what the fuck character I think I've ever like. It, it just he gets one mention at the beginning. Very kind of like the exposition yeah. in this in this film is horrendous like it's not it's not done well he gets one like quick mention and then he just shows up in the third act of this film like he's meant to have been this kind of key player and you know time my fiance she she was really confused she was like have i just forgotten who count dooku was like was he in the phantom menace like you know where where the fuck did he come from i'm like Completely out of left field. You have He's watch, never been mentioned before. You have to watch the Genity Tartanov. I'm not going to say his last name because I'm not getting it right. Uh, Genity T, let's call him. Jenny T. His <laughs> Clone Wars series from 2003, the, the not the CG one, the one pre- previous yeah. to that that's been discarded from canon. Incredible. Incredible but is that, stuff. Was that done? There's heaps of stuff of, on in between. It's pre. Is it pre Attack of the Clones? No, I think it's between two and three, but it explains heaps more. Yeah, that so character that a that lot. kind of retconning is, I guess, fine. But in terms of watching the Attack of the Clones, totally. It's it again. It is it is really piss poor. And 100%. I think like, that's just nobody you know, can contest that. I don't think. I think that's that for me is the the worst Star Wars movie. 
Uh, it's below Phantom Menace, I would say. I would agree. Yeah, uh, you know there there are some redeeming factors of Phantom Menace. Mm. Um, you know, often cited with that that last um, uh, that last lightsaber battle as being you know one kind of the, the saving grace. Yeah, um, this one the lightsaber battle was all right, but just watching Yoda hop around, it was so leaves you cold. Yeah, the cold best is stuff, probably the best. The best stuff to- in that movie by far is Camino, in my opinion. Stuff with Django and the like. Maybe it doesn't look great, but it looks. It Bro, is going so back sick. to that, it's no. It's it sick. has not aged well at all. <laughs> and just the whole. Again, there were just there's so many elements of this that just felt like my dreams away. What from in me, the man. hell is going on here? Like, who thought that this was going to be a good idea? And yeah, like I, I accept that. You know, technology not aging well is one thing, um, which just kind of exposes the major flaw of this film, which is the story. Like, I can go back and watch movies that the technology doesn't hold up, but as long as it's got like a solid story or at least solid direction, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't care about. Like, I, I watched the original, the original trilogy, and and, and fucking love that, mm-hmm. right? And that's you know that's. In technology that's 20 years previous to 20, 30 years be- previous to whatever we see in the, the prequel. So, you know. And it holds up, I would say. It holds, holds up, up yeah. Because it's, it's a good story. You it's watch- practical in camera. You know, it's it's being photographed through a lens. Yep. Uh, the same way the actors are. And ultimately, you watch, it just looks better. You watch Empire and that movie holds up yep. because that is a brilliant story it's good execution good direction good acting like it's just return of the jedi as well is awesome yeah yeah seriously but i love revenge of the sith you're in for a treat revenge of the sith is See, dope. that's why i was like to, to my fiance yeah. i was like just i know yeah i know let's let's just get through this and then like you'll get some you'll get some <laughs> like reward so for your good. for your suffering i love that that's fantastic um, and then like and then i'm really excited to 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 you know explore the the new trilogy with her as well yeah because that i think like from um i'm really keen to see rise of skywalker and do our retrospect as well yeah i think it's i mean having revisited the prequels has been a trip like it's it's um i'm due in for a a rewatch yeah i'm even very commentary or something on that very interesting man because like it's you're you're gonna have some like people that that defend the prequels and i remember that you were one of them that was kind of shifting I'm a towards, yeah, shifting towards. I love kind the of, counterculture, you know. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that those are people that haven't watched it recently. <laughs> yeah, because like, I, rewatch it and tell me you're a prequelist because it's just there's just no comparison. Mm. It's the, they're bad, and I get why people like the mythos, like the the, the general story. Sweet, I get you. I'm I'm a hundred percent on board. I'm one it's of a those cool people. Story. Same with the Clone Wars. Uh, uh, animated series, sure, the, the yeah. CG one. I think that you know, on a on a kind of world building level, really cool. But on an execution level, like as a movie, yeah, really piss poor. Mm. Anyways, that's what I've watched. Nice. Last week, Benny recommended, or was it last week or the week before? I can't remember. Benny recommended a Netflix horror movie called Wounds, starring Army Hammer and mm-hmm. Zazie Beats. This was really fantastic i highly recommend it with one caveat in that uh it's not a spoiler to say that the 
it, it just felt like 20 minutes was missing of this film right at the end. It literally, I was like, whoa, like that's that should the be, credits. That should be perfect for you then. Um, I, and, and, you know, <laughs> is, is there no pleasing you, George? You can it's either do it. too long. There's or- so many ways to do it. And, uh, an example of a film that did it really well was a quiet place. This one, however, did not do it in a, in a, in a great way. You mean as in like ending suddenly, like super suddenly neutered, cut off, didn't resolve a lot of things. Um, and it was building at a really great level. It's 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 really fantastically done. Uh, Netflix, in a quiet place, you mean? Or no, in, no, in in wounds, in yeah. wounds. It's a really fantastic movie. I just wish they'd stuck the landing and maybe extended out the ending of the film a little bit more. Uh, Army Hammer's on point in this. There's some amazing sequencing, fantastic concepts, and overall, just Netflix have done a really great job here. And it's and you know, it's just great to see. It's just great to see these streaming platforms. Mm. Like the content is starting to really get somewhere good, you know. Yeah, I um, I've I've been pretty consistently impressed with Arnie Hammer. Um, you know, he's done some, some, uh, some cool projects in the last couple of years. Um, that I think has shown more of a range than I would have probably expected from him. He looks like a kind of a, a clone of Henry Cavill. Yeah, um, he's like you, the you jock. Sort of, yeah, kind of, you sort of expect the same kind of emotional range that you get from Henry Cavill, which um, I think he does a um, good job. Preppy, good-looking guy. Like, if yeah. he was born in the... Like, if he was, you know, 25, 35 in the 1950s, 60s, this guy would be murdering it. You know, he's got that old-school, handsome look to him. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily as in these Back days. Back when there was, like, five movie stars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so highly recommend this one if you're a horror fan. Also watched Rick and Morty season four, Rick and Morty. episode one. Did you watch this? No. I haven't watched it. No, I can't. I tried finding it yesterday. Yeah. It's I just found it on Facebook. Person. It was just there. Oh, really? Yeah, because- it in. The, you know, Adult Swim, you, can, you were able to at least at one point view it for free on the Adult Swim website, right. but not in Australia. Okay, yeah. Which- Region locked license. Yeah, I, deals, I, I never understood that. Like it's kind deals. of like Foxtel. It's Foxtel. Anyway, fuck Foxtel. Uh, <laughs> you know what? There's some really, really amazing sci-fi concepts in this episode. I absolutely loved it. It pushed the envelope so far. It gets so wild. I I thought this was could have been one of the best pilots or, or openings to a series for Rick and Morty. Um, and it was interesting Ooh. because halfway through the episode, I was like, I don't know. I Halfway through, I was kind of like, all right, let's, you know, I'm not really vibing this. And then literally the 30 seconds after that, boom, it kicked to another it gear. And I was like, okay, wow. this is this is coming together super, super nice. So I'm really impressed with this. I think that it's just a fantastic show and it's nice to see them continuing to kind of do what they need to do with – what they've set up with, for lack of a better term, the value proposition of the show. They're just kind of like, yep. you know, delivering on that. So I, I, I had a great time with that. And I'm looking forward to hearing your opinion on next yeah, week's I, episode. Yeah, I don't know how they're, how they're um, releasing it in Australia. Is I it think... on Foxtel now? Could be no. on Foxtel. I thought I, I looked, maybe. Not sure. 
Anyways, I let's think move there's on a, to the um, news. I think there's a place called Torrent. Yeah, uh, Torrent. Yeah, Torrent. Yeah. Cool. Let's hit the news. Let's hit the news. And because Ben isn't here, I'm going to do the news myself. Oh, I know, I, a dangerous I'm proposition. It. No, it'll be me. Yeah, I've got it. Um, I got it right here. I'm. I'm oh, you I've got, got it right the ball. there. I've got the ball. I'm ready. To right pass there. It. Yeah, right here. So first on our news <laughs> list today, uh, Disney Plus has launched in America, not in Australia or UK or anywhere else but in the the u.s it has launched um apparently it had 10 million plus subs um although it is probably worth noting that a lot if not all of those would have been free subs because you get the first month free or something like that it's right you get most of that with any of these like streaming services they give you a trial period and all that um i think that uh one of the things that i, I found interesting was that it, it crashed the uh the website or it crashed the service yeah i, I heard um, they had quite a number of hiccups along the way it wasn't necessarily a smooth release is not surprising per se considering how they've released this totally um and it kind of it it it, it really interests me that because netflix has been such a progressive like it was it it grew so organically um, in the sense that, you know, it was the, like, it, what, what, it was like the first, if not one of the first streaming platforms, um, it, uh, you know, it, it kind of progressively grew and it grew quite quickly and it, and it, it was able to first mover develop its UI and its UX quite, um, quite organically in that. And, and, um, Disney plus is really coming into it, you know, halfway in. Um, and it's a bit different than, for example, Apple Plus, because Apple Plus already had the the infrastructure there, right? Um, you know, the, it, the, the Apple's it's whole, a tech company. Yeah, it's a tech company. It already has a platform in which it can release content. This is just a different way of doing that. Like it's a different form. It's subscription as opposed to, um, you know, purchasing or something like that. This is a really new, like this is a brand new product from Disney. So it's not actually surprising that they've had some technical difficulties with it. Um my question is, is, you know, does that damage them Randall? Does that, you know, um, and, and how quickly will they be able to solve all those? Like, is that going to be something that we're dealing with for the next couple of months as they release and they kind of test and they figure out what's working, what's not? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. Maybe it was just flooded so quickly. I'm assuming that's, it, you know, yeah. the bandwidth was just not able to, of the infrastructure was not able to cope you know, you're, you're very much right. You know, Netflix has been data-driven. You know, they would have done a lot of A-B testing on their UI to figure out what's the best way to actually present a streaming platform to the end consumer because this is trial by fire. You know, nobody's done this before. There's no status quo on how to do these things. And, and Disney's, you know, they're aping all these things and then they're going to go down their own path and do their... Yeah. But, but it's an interesting thought and uh, Disney are moving into a whole new area. Um, will, they, will they be able to deliver on that infrastructure? Uh, UK is coming out in March. Oof. You know, France, Germany, the, the whole of Europe is pretty much getting it in, other than Netherlands, is getting it in March 2020. So, you know, 
I've got. Like, is that is that to set up some infrastructure? Is that to to take it away from some licensing deals that are in place that they you know what? Why is that? And and will Disney be able yeah. to facilitate actually, you know, a streaming platform? Yeah, that's really like. I mean, I I have a feeling it's probably to do more with licensing. It'd be very interesting if that's just a like. Do they have the bandwidth to accommodate that? Because you know that's a massive population. Um, and from a perspective of, you know, being able to onboard that many viewers and subscribers and, and all that, you know, that's a big ask, you know, there's not, I, I can't think of any kind of like platforms or, you know, any kind of technology platform that is really built to be able to just take that onslaught immediately. It's, it's n- like, I don't think, I think there's a lot of people that don't really appreciate how mammoth a task, um, this is for what they're doing. Because as I said, most of the other streaming services have either kind of grown organically or have already existed or had some kind of infrastructure in place. And you're upgrading um, servers periodically, you know, you're, you're upgrading like, over periods of six months, quarters, whatever. You know, this is like, we have to have enough data banks, servers, infrastructure to cope with 10 million subscribers within 24 hours. Yeah, that's and monstrous. That, that's like that task is, as I said, it's just mammoth. And so, I don't know anything about that. You know, you're you work in the that sort of space. Yeah, uh, look, look, it's just it's you know from my perspective, it, it, like hats off them, hats off to them for having it go this well. Like uh, honestly, like it just it's, I mean, it it is it is really impressive. Um, Let's see how they go on the World Ride release. We get it yeah. next Tuesday, I believe. Uh, so the nineteenth, nineteenth, sure, next yeah. Tuesday, which I am stoked for. Um, I still have my my own kind of like, I guess, what ethical or or you know moral uh, objections to to Disney coming out with a platform like this. But um, yes, you do. Yeah, yes, I do. But um, but nonetheless, um, super super excited for it either way <laughs> yeah mandalorian next week yeah we'll be talking about it um one of the other interesting things uh was that kevin feige came out and, and basically said if that you want to understand phase four if you want to understand the future of of marvel cinematic universe you kind of have to have disney plus which is that is a really bold move i think on on the um for 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 marvel to go down that road route or to Disney for Disney to go down that route. Um, and there, you know, when I saw that, there's a couple of things that, that sprung to mind. One is which they, by doing this, they are really alienating the casual Marvel fan. So I think up till now, you really were able to kind of watch every film or, you know, watch every couple of films and and kind of get some sense of what's going on. Um, obviously, the the further down the road you get, the harder that becomes to really kind of keep everything together. But you know, you could go to a cinema twice a year and be up to date with what's going on in the MCU. Um, it didn't matter that you hadn't seen the Netflix TV shows. It didn't matter that you didn't you know didn't watch Agents of Shield. Go to the cinema twice a year, you're good. Um, this is like you need to add X amount of homework to make sure that you're up to date, which I think that's like 
why why are they alienating the casual fan? And are they banking on the popularity of their IP and saying that people will go to the extra mile of getting Disney Plus, like where this is like an, a value add to get Disney Plus, or are they effectively thinking that they're going to lose those casual fans anyways? And so let's kind of branch out and give a added value app to or value to your existing hardcore fans. Yeah, it's an interesting thought, and and. It's kind of, you know, Marvel's done it similarly to how Netflix have done it in our previous conversation, you know. Uh, Marvel has organically grown from releasing a movie every one to two years to two a year to three a year. And now they're at the stage where they've amassed such an audience, Endgame becomes the highest growing, grossing movie of all time. You know, they have... Now at, they're at a stage where they're going to they're building in like uh, a sort of a loyalty ladder chain where you've got you know you can be the surface level fan now which is like where you're going one to, once a year you know out of if you're getting three Marvel movies a year moving forward you're going once a year you've got the 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 more keen fan was going three times a year and then you've got the diehard fan who is on disney plus day one and, and is watching hawkeye and watching everything every single episode but i guess that's and, my question and like- then and, and in his quote he says if you want to understand everything everything not not understand like the general plot you know if you want to understand everything you're gonna have to get disney plus and I think like they've earned that. It's actually they. It's pretty amazing how it's all kind of converged with streaming technology and Marvel being at at the you know what ten year mark. Yeah, it, it kind of all makes sense to me. Look personally, I like that concept that they're branching into different mediums that that are actually going to like affect each other and um and some stories I think are better told over series as opposed to a movie. Um, so I just from a I guess from a business point of view, I'm 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 curious as to whether they're worried that they're gonna alienate certain um, more casual fans. Um Yeah. Anyways. I'm just trying should, to find out what's coming out next year from the Disney Plus Marvel movies. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um I didn't think what anything else is coming twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll have to figure that out. Yep. Anyways, moving on. Um, we have Andy Serkis, who has been cast as Alfred Pennyworth. Um, I oddly enough, I I really love it when Andy Serkis just plays at like uh, live action, like it's just Andy Serkis because I really like him as an He's actor. Fantastic. Um, him in you know just speaking of the MCU, um, him in Black Panther, awesome. Fucking love that. Did, that was spoilers, great. Devo, he fucking cocked it in in uh, Black Panther because he was an awesome character. Yeah, I want to see him reoccur. I, I would have loved that, that as well, but awesome. you know, I think that that uh, he was so fun and different and unique and really stood out. Yeah, maybe maybe that's good that he he uh, died in that. Then, like, maybe that's the kind of you know, what's the quote of you either live long enough to see yourself become the villain, or yeah, or even like quality over quantity. Yeah, you know, just get that little blip and yeah. kind of like he was in was two awesome. movies. He was an awesome little kind of that was it side villain and and you know but i but, guess what um, makes me sad about this is is jeremy irons you know jeremy irons as pennyworth in in batman v superman and justice league i believe so uh you know jeremy irons is is from from hearing his voice as scar in in um the lion king the 1995 lion king 
all the way through to how you know him paying Adrian Veidt in in the latest Watchmen series. You know, he is just an awesome actor. And when he got cast as Pennyworth, I was really, 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 really excited about that. And I just he was ne- he's never been given quite the opportunity to 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 delve into the role, flex his muscles that like Michael Caine got let's say in the in the Nolan Batmans and yeah. you know it, it's it's cool to see Andy Serkis is a bit of a different vibe for for Alfred I feel but everyone so, in this series or in this movie yeah it feels like they're a bit of a different vibe to what I guess you would traditionally cast well I mean you could characters. say you know Michael Caine you know old British dude Jeremy Irons old British dude you know Andy Serkis middle-aged British dude who does mocap you know, he's a little bit different. But he doesn't have quite the same refined, uh, I guess, dignity that that both Michael Caine and Jeremy Irons, like both Michael Caine and Jeremy Irons, they have a certain presence to them. Most definitely. Where, you know, there is this kind of... Like, he's got you, fucking you would, golem face, all right? You can go out and say. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but he just doesn't... I've never seen him, I guess, act as though he could play that like i've just never seen him in that kind of role which i'm you know like a prim and proper role yeah um, and I, let's very interested to see whether he, he does could it could be not. a bit more of a gritty you know tank wielding gunslinging out i mean like i i i still maintain that i am kind of done with the haphazard nature of of the um dc universe more so with the characters that we've seen done again and again and again i'm like i'm just i'm so not interested in seeing another version of of batman you know even if like they come out and like oh but this one's different yeah so is christian bale so is ben affleck like they're all different but they're all the same and (laughs) at the end of the day like the more i think about this the more i just just, yeah i i don't know i just this doesn't if, if, if they were really interested in doing something unique, I mean, at least the Joker did something unique. Totally. You I know, think this is going to be cool, man. Some potential other casting, though. Yeah, so they've, they've looked at uh, Colin Farrell for, uh, uh, to be playing the Penguin. Um, what's his name? Os- Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, in- interest. Like, for me... That's a good one to go for, I feel. As a you know, obviously you have to you uh, you can't go you, you've got to have Alfred in there. Like he, you can't not have Alfred in there. But in terms of your villains, you know, I think Penguin's a good one to go in because we haven't seen him since Danny DeVito's but one. For me, he like Penguin will always be Danny DeVito. Like I'm just that's 100%, such a hundred yeah. percent. And that's when you know I sort of said to you guys when we had some casting rumors not too long ago. I was like. I just can't see. I think who was it? I can't remember who it was. Some people were about. thinking that Jonah Hill was was Jonah gonna, Hill, oh, which no, I thought no, was, that was Riddler. That was Riddler. Oh well, he was never really confirmed for what he was going to do. <laughs> but um, I was like, I, I, I just I, for every person that was brought up for the Penguin, I, I kept going like, can they do that? What Danny DeVito did, but then I have to remind myself that Penguin is not. He's that's an interpretation of Penguin. Yeah. You know, that that for me is the definitive interpretation, but I haven't read the comics. I don't know that character well. So what other ways what other ways can he be done? Yep. It's all totally valid. Um 
So that that's a this is a fresh way, you know, Emily's gonna have a rogue we, we've heard like, on we end is fresh. Gonna, it's I, gonna I be a rogue gallery. So there's gonna be multiple villains in this. Yeah. So it, it, you know, I, I'm getting really excited for this one. Really? Super what is excited. it that's drawing you to this project? Like Matt what Reeves. It, if Matt Reeves wasn't attached to this, I'd be like super worried. I'd be super unengaged. So you have that much confidence in Matt Reeves that you're like, this yeah. is gonna just like have to be good? Pretty much. I just think he's that great, man. Everything that I've seen of his. Has he ever had a stinker? Mm, I don't believe so. He had um, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, More of the Planet of the Apes, Cloverfield. Uh, what else has he done? Yeah, he's been pretty, pretty good. What else has he done there? I can, I never, I can never really tell with the. Um the uh, Google movies because it's always like it's anything that he's been associated with. Yes. So it's kind of hard to say what he's actually directed. Yeah. Um, sorry, let me just jump on to direction. So future stock, future stock, Paul Bearer, Cloverfield, let me in dawn of the planet of the apes, war of the planet of the apes and the Batman. Um, let me in. That's right. That was, that was cool. That vampire was, one. Writer and director for War of the Planet of the Apes. War of the Planet of the Apes, is that the second? Or? So that's the third one in the trilogy. That's the third one. So the third one I wasn't as sold on. It's still um, awesome, though, in, in its own way. I don't think I would have gone so far as to say awesome. I love the first two. Third one was kind of a bit meh for me. Okay. Um, for memory, at least. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's not a huge um, selection of movies. He does one like every three, four years. But he's pretty damn consistent, and I think he's pretty damn good, man. And I, I yeah. really like those last two Planet of the Apes movies. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, look, I for me, I'm still just the my issue is with the property. Like, it's just it's we're doing another Batman film too much. Yeah, and I don't think that there's anything that they could do that is so unique that you know. I I did say that. At least Joker was unique, but that, you know, it was almost too unique. Like it was so almost too departed from the original IP to like, I, th I thought it was a bit of a cheat to call it a Joker film. Um, but um, I've always got to be whinging. I've always got to be whinging. Like there's, there's always got to be a problem with it. <laughs> but I mean, that was, that, that's been my, my that's problem with it, problem with it from the beginning. And, you know, I, I feel like with this kind of thing, you can only reinterpret something so often or, or so many times, at least in that kind of medium. Before it's just like, just, just let it rest for 10, 20 years. Talking about let it rest. Let that's it a rest. pretty damn good segue. It is a damn good segue, isn't it? On to what is possibly the most disturbing yet inevitable story of this year, which is um, James Dean is, is, is to be <laughs> digitally brought back from the dead. Um, He's been dead 65 years, apparently. Um, 65 years to star in a movie called Finding Jack which is about the abandonment of 10,000 military dogs in Vietnam after the war. Um, this is like, I say inevitable because, you know, for the last few years, every time there has been a, um, you know, a, a, a recently deceased or, or not, even, not even a recently deceased cast person brought back for some small scene or brought back in some way, usually in an existing IP, one of the questions that inevitably comes up is, you know, how long before we have entire films starring dead actors? And and here we are. Um, we had Peter Sellers in Rogue One. Peter Sellers? No. Peter, nope. <laughs> Peter Sellers, that's Pink Panther. 
Um, what the hell's his name? Peter Cushing. Um, uh, which, yeah. but he was brought back for a, a kind of minor role in an existing IP. You can. That is your only bargaining chip there. Exactly right. So I think that you. you so in this he would case, have been like in, in that universe, he would have been around like yeah. Princess Leia at the end. Okay, yeah, we've digitally yeah, de-aged but her, blah, 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 blah. Existing IP, you know, you can consistent make, you with can the universe that is it. already, yeah. You can you can you can get away with this. This yeah, this is gratuitous. Is fucking nonsense is what this is. This and is business. You know, this is somebody investing in um, you know what? What is it here? Four hundred celebrities, athletes, and sports. Yeah. So teams. there's there's now like a, a production company called Magic City Films, which holds and represents the rights for more than four hundred cele- uh, celebrities, athletes, and sports teams, um, and will quote unquote enable creators to bring back stars like Betty Page, Burt Reynolds, and Andre the Giant, sports legends like um, you know Lou Gehrig and, and and artists like Maya Angelou, which. I mean, again, feels inevitable, but just so utterly gratuitous. And what I found particularly disheartening was the ingenuous, or dis, sorry, the disingenuous um, reaction to the reaction that the, the directors had. Because they basically were like, we're so shocked that people are... are, are um, we never intended this to be a gimmick. Yeah, like, oh, from- I, I can't believe that people are upset... Yeah. That that um you know that that we've cast James Dean and we're gonna digitally bring him back and and this idea that the only reason or like they cast him because this somehow feels like the right thing to do I'm like that is so like obviously bullshit to me like what you you went through Hollywood and 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 elsewhere and you just couldn't find the person to play this character like there's just no other option I mean it's so obviously bullshit. So this is an article from Birth Movies Death. They've got a couple quotes here um, from the uh, one of these guys, one of the producers, Anton Ernst. We really don't understand it. We never intended this to be a marketing gimmick. This is in uh, response to the negative reaction. We will take every precaution to ensure that his legacy as one of the most epic film stars to date is kept firmly intact. The, the family views this as, as the family views this as his fourth movie a movie he never got to make. We did not intend to let his fans down. So, so you know, the, the, James Dean made three movies, right? This is like, this movie adding to it is a quarter added of to his filmography. You know, I, I just think like this is, this is business. This is supply and demand. This is intellectual property, you know, whatever. This isn't like love of creation. This isn't love of yeah, filmmaking. I, I just feel like, am I missing something? Was like James Dean set to play the main character in this back in the day and he just never got the chance? Like, Potentially. Where, where is the... But it, didn't James Dean die like in the in the 50s? Fucking ages ago. Yeah, like 65 years ago. So anyway, listen, this this for me is is just, this is commerce. This isn't art. This is, and, but I think this, like, it's just, yeah, it, you're you're 100 right. And I wonder the real test here is what are people going to do when the film comes out? Will they put bums in seats? Will they support this, or will this bomb? And people realize, hey, this is obviously not a, 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 a good. Avenue. I hope this bombs. I, I think, genuinely hope this. Like, I, I, I somehow don't, think it will. I don't. 
often, you know, actively wish that films bomb. Like there's, there's, there's movies that I dislike, but even then I don't, I don't want them to bomb. Um, there's something more to this though. This, I want the studio to have a very clear message on though. Like I don't, I don't see any value in this. I somehow believe it's going to happen, man. I also think, I think that a lot of people will be put off by the fact that it's James, like it, it's a, a deceased person. Um, and there's I just so, no man. excuse to have James. Like there's no reason. That's what really blows my mind. Like I just don't, like there's no reason to have James Dean in this. Just unless I, like again, unless I am missing something. Yeah. Listen, just get somebody else in there for this role. There's a lot of talented actors out there. Yeah. You've got plenty to choose from. It, it honestly, it just, it blows my mind that this is even an option for these people. It just. All right, people, you guys got to go out there when this comes out and, and don't go see it. You just literally just when the movie comes out, just sit down. That's all you need to do. Sit down and do nothing. I, I, I feel dirty promoting the not seeing of a film. And the, the family, man, they would have gotten a serious payout for this. Like, yeah. you know, put like three kids through college. And fair play to house. Fair play. Fair play. Like, I don't, I don't blame the family, not, no. not even in the slightest. I blame the people that, that, that thought that this would even be the slightest, the, the, the hint of a good idea. What's that time? <sighs> it is trailer time. Oh, yeah, baby. It is. Um, we've got a lot of trailers to get through. So first on the list was possibly one of the most controversial trailers of God knows how long. 2019, uh, I would say. If even lo- you know, further back than that. Yeah. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog came out, what, early this year? Yeah. Pretty early this year? Middle of the year. And was just met with a barrage of, you know, what the fuck are you thinking? Like Abusive comments. Rightly abusive. Yeah, uh, like I just I mean, like I think there was a lot of shock. Like, just this looks terrible. And not even like diehard Sonic fans. Like everyone who's just seen an image of Sonic was outraged. Yeah, and rightly so. Rightly so. So much so that the filmmakers backtracked and have gone and reconstructed this whole entity, this whole film, redesigned the yeah. character, made him way more pixel perfect to the classic Sonic design. And I, I think this is feeling way better. Uh, already, I am more interested in this film. Um, my my main draw is still like if we're going to talk about the trailer itself, my main draw is still Jim Carrey. I I don't ever not find him hilarious. There is something about that guy that just like hits me. I'm not loving what he's doing here, but I think in the in once we see the extended scenes, I think they'll they'll really the comedic timing and whatnot will come through. But yeah, it's just he doesn't look unsettling. The scenes with James Marsden are more fun. Like overall, yeah. so I wonder I'm if enjoying it a lot more. I think it's, you know, reshoots? like his little fart joke under his armpit and stuff is real cringy. Um, but it doesn't seem to I don't know, maybe it's got a little bit more to it than than the Smurfs and whatnot. It seems to it just seems to have a little it seems to be a little bit more in tune with Wreck It Ralph or something from this trailer. Yes. It does seem a little bit more kind of, I guess, refined. It's, it's a weird word to use when we're talking about Sonic. But like, um, yeah, it just seems a little bit more um, like I, I could convince myself to see this. Like the, 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 the movie that the other trailer was for, 
not a chance in hell. Yeah. I, you could not drag Completely me to that agree. thing. This, I mean, if there's nothing else on. <laughs> and they're bringing some fun gameplay mechanics in there within he's right. He's running on the Great Wall of China and doing loop-de-loops and whatnot. I thought yep. that was fun. Yep. So this might have just been like, I don't know if they've reshot anything or if they've kind of made any more adjustments apart from the CGI to make the character look different. But, um, it, you know, the, the trailer is certainly better. Um, 100%. Should we move on? Let's do it. For something like a completely different, um, uh, I guess, uh, pace, we've got The Invisible Man. Now, you did a little bit of research on this and found out that this is the same property that was originally meant to be a part of the... Um, Universal Monsters. Universal Monsters universe. Um, but after the uh, poor performance of um, The Mummy with Tom Cruise they've actually sold off the property to Bloomhouse, who is now producing it. And Universal are distributing it still. So there is some involvement here. They've brokered some kind of a deal. I'm yeah. really loving the look of this. And this is exactly the way this, this franchise, this, this Universal Monsters should go. They've modernized it. Um, they've brought it up to date. Uh, I'm more in love with the way that the... the I, and listen, I don't think this is the best trailer and whatnot, but I well, think I'm just more stoked on the direction of this Universal Monsters series and this where this indicates I, they're I, I going. I think that this is kind of like, this is not going to be part of a universe or a series. I think or it is. Like I think it is. No, no, no. Well, I mean, maybe they're, maybe they're anthologies. You know, maybe they're not related, but it's, it's the, you know, you've got... The, the classic characters revisited, as it were. Okay, yeah, I, I kind of see, I, I definitely get that in a sense. Um, I was really disappointed with the trailer itself. Okay. Because I felt like... Blew it, its load? Yeah, seriously. Like, I just, I, what's the point in watching I the film? I saw the movie now. Yeah. And uh, that's particularly disappointing with, with horror films. And I, look, again... Always the catch twenty two of of advertising for horror comedy, which is that you have to give enough into the trailer to bring people in, but you know horror and, and comedy are about those little moments, and you know once those moments are spent, they're kind of spent. Um, and 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 it's not, you know, it's not even necessarily that you have seen everything. It's the feeling. That you felt that you've seen everything. Yeah, and just that the prevents twists you and the from turns. going. Yeah, it's so the maybe there's turns. way more to this, but there's just so much in the trailer packed in there that I'm like, eh. Yeah. I kind of know what I'm going to get now. Yeah. And no, I nothing, don't, I, I'd be very surprised. I would be surprised if anything in the actual movie surprises me. That's kind of a. But that's the thought. The I mean, that's not actually the reality like, of it. Like it's most likely the reality. It's most likely the outcome, but that's just a thought. And that's the thought that the trailer invokes. Yeah. I think that means that the trailer hasn't quite cracked it. Yeah. I think these kind of trailers should give like basic premise, like a, a general Bullet vibe. Bullet point the first act out and a bit of the second and yep. a couple bits from the third. Yep. That's it. Yeah. That's trailers, guys. Like, just don't trailers fuck it up. Just don't fuck it up. Um, moving on, and this again, uh, another Bloomhouse produced film, Fantasy Island. Um, this looks great. This looks really cool. Looks great. Not as not as uh, bad as um, the Invisible Man for kind of giving you the entirety of the film, 
Um, I do think it does fall into that trap a little bit as as well. Like I think they just kind of show a little bit too much, but as a trailer, much better. I and- thought as a concept, I really like this concept, but what they could have done rather than showing, oh, here's this person's thing and here's that person's thing. And here's their, you know, just show one person's experience and kind of, you know, bullet point that out and then show a couple teasers of what else is going on. Because again, I feel like I'm seeing too much and I don't necessarily know with this kind of movie, with this kind of budget, will they have the kind of writer that can resolve this concept in a, in a satisfying fashion? I somehow, I I contest that. Uh, So yeah, this seems like a fairly well-worn track and they are going to have to, I mean, I, there's, I never begrudge a film that, um, that, that, that goes down a well-worn track that, that, you know, like your, your standard, um, action films or your standard horror films. Do you think films. it's a well-worn like, track with this one? Uh, group of kids go to an island. But I like there's the fantasy more, element. Like it's there's like more to the island than first appears. It's like, like it manifesting your fantasy. That yeah. that to me is the that gimmick. Was really interesting. But the the I mean, it depends on how strongly they or or what kind of twist they bring to that mm. that gimmick but it, it at the moment exactly. it seems very much like the surface level gimmick for what is a well-worn track of like let's get a couple of kids on an island that like things and i mean again which i'm absolutely fine with like the slasher style film like you know there's nothing looks- wrong with you know if it ain't broke or you know don't try and fix it right um my my concern comes in is if they're going to try and do something a bit different, you really got to commit to that. So like Cabin in the Woods, fucking fantastic. Because they really went for something different. Yeah. And and they, you know, they didn't just try and like, it wasn't surface level. They, like, it, it, it actually mattered, the differences that they made, as opposed to some other kinds of, of films, just kind of put a surfacey gimmick and then like just continue on the same, uh, the same little track. Well, I, I don't know. I, I thought this looked interesting, and but I just don't know if they'll be able to wrap it up. That that's my concern here. The ending, like the you know, yeah, the, it's an interesting concept. What do they do with that concept? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, looks solid. Um, it's a reimagining of a television series. Uh, there you go. Okay, what's the te- television series? Um, Fantasy Island. Oh, oh, okay. That's the same name. Wow. Yeah. It it has been described as a mix of Westworld and Cabin in the Woods. Um, So, cool. There you go. That's. (laughs) I hadn't actually read that when I when I um, talked about Cabin in the Woods. So it's it's uh, bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. No, I hadn't actually. (laughs) Um, It's it. I mean, but for me, like that's a high bar to to put out there. So and and I can see the parallel. If if they if, if they kind of, I hope that they're not talking about. For Cabin in the Woods, the gimmick of like, um, you know, someone controlling. It's like everyone's got their own little quest that they go on in a way. Yeah. Kind of like it as well. Sort of. Totems. Anyways. Um, moving on, we have Soul, which is a new Pixar property. Looks um, really nice and polished. I thought that the animation style, uh, it looks fantastic. It's it looks Pixar. really fantastic. It's Pixar. And his little soul 
character character design really nicely put together. I wonder where this is going. Really, the the kernel of information we've got about out about this about Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross scoring it. Yeah, that's what I'm pumped about. So that's what I'm really excited about. This here. trailer, I thought, did a really good job in that. For the first, you know, two thirds, I was really not interested. Mm. When he's doing his little like speech, you know, his, you know, who are you gonna, how are you gonna be remembered? Like, how are you gonna like do it? I was like, oh, fuck, man, like Pixar, come on, give me something. Like, that's what I love about these Pixar films. There's something like, you know, there's, there's an edge or there's a, it's, it's more than a gimmick. It's, it's just, there's something about it. You them. could feel I was building to that, right? I was, I, you know, I was hoping so. But like I, I was just like, you gotta just come on something. And then when he falls in and he's that little spirit thing, I was like, yes, all right, Here we I'm, go. I'm on board. Yes, I'm immediately on board. And I love the animation style. There was something like it was funny, like it, like when it's he quite stylized. Yeah, when he does soul, but his glasses are like really crisp, and and I, I like that really fascinated me. That that animation style. And also the the animation in the real world is kind of a little bit more stylized. It's more like that Incredibles. Kind of, but like hyper realistic. Hyper realistic, exactly. Yeah, which which seems and it just to be inc- so nice and beautiful yeah. and picturesque. That's like, it's I think, Pixar again. Yeah, but it looks better than that other one. That's for me at least. I'm not liking the look of that other one with Tom Holland and Chris and Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah, so that one, that's an interesting that one, right? Because like that, this one, this one is looking a lot more crispy to me. It is, yeah. I'm way more pumped for this one. I'll be very interested. I want to. I want to. I, I, I want to figure out what it's about. Like this is a really good teaser because really it good gives teaser. you so little, and you're like, oh, fuck. really good teaser. Have you Have you watched um, Coco yet? No, mate. You have to okay, get onto I'll that. Get on that. Yeah, yeah, I really need to get on that. That for me was when I was like, yes, Pixar still has it. <laughs> yeah, like they're they're still on. They're still on it. I've got a massive list. And when I go to South Africa in December, I'm going to just be dialing in all these movies. Yeah. Coco is definitely one yeah. that you have to dial in. Um, moving on, we've got uh, A Christmas Carol, which is a BBC produced series. First um, question off the bat. Yeah. Did you love the Muppets Christmas Carol? Yes. I loved that and it had a darkness to it. It still kind of creeps me out when I watch it. That I've always kind of loved that Ebenezer Scrooge uh, story purely because of that from being a kid, loving it. Yeah, this this is a funny one, right? Christmas Carol, because it has been it's like one of those really iconic Christmas stories. It's been redone again and again and again and again. Um I I I you know, I like this. I haven't been really interested in a remaking of um, A Christmas Carol, I think, maybe since Muppets. No, actually, there was one with like Bill Murray that I watched when I was like a kid or yeah, something yeah, yeah. that I thought was funny. That one's fantastic. <laughs> um, there was that horrible Robert Zemeckis one from like 2000. Oh, with Jim Carrey? Yeah. Yeah, that was... that was Just, just don't no. just don't be involved in that. Um. So this is more of a realistic kind of Christmas carol. I don't know if I'd say realistic, but it is certainly darker and a little bit edgier, which can or, or be more, more um the production design at least yeah. looks more looks su- crisp. suited to the 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 period. Like yeah. the costumes are period accurate and whatnot. Um and you know, I I always kind of I always, you know, think twice when someone's like, Oh, it's an edgier version of you know, like, all right, fuck like, you know, 
just because it's edgier doesn't make it better. But um, they've got some serious talent on this one. Um, and so that that really sparks my interest. Um, you You've know, always got the asterisk of BBC, which can be really great and it can be really awful. When it's great, it's normally in these kind of circumstances where yeah. it's a period piece, it's a retelling of some old fantastic thing where BBC doesn't hold up his Watership Down. Oh, fuck yeah. When Watership <laughs> Down comes in and it's CG they, and whatnot, they, they can't facilitate the budget. They are so hit and miss, aren't they? Yeah. Like it's, it's the actually War of the Worlds one as well popped up on Foxtel now. Um, Did you watch any of it? No, no, I just didn't want to. just didn't want to Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, War of the Worlds feels like something that you need a, a decent sized budget to yeah. like really bring to the bring to the screen. Except for that medium, like there's some stories that are really awesome. Like they're good stories. They, you know, read the book exactly. But um, if you're if you are going to commit to bringing that onto screen, you better have like yeah, either some serious some skills or some serious cash. A, a new take. Yeah. So, and I don't think BBC is really good at doing that. Not necessarily. Um, anyways, this actually looks really. I like. I don't. I don't know why this is really. Um, yeah, it looks out good. At me, it looks good. But uh, I think the talent involved is, it's is that time big, of year. Yeah. Speaking of that time of year, it's not actually. But I was trying to segue <laughs> into the next one. We've got Bad Boys for Life. For life. I'm the Bad Boys guy. Are I, you? I, I like I love them. I love one and two. You 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 I feel like you don't you and I, I've don't watched like them. them. Like uh, I mean I I've got a real soft spot for them. I that. wasn't you know, I'm not holding my breath for a third one. Yeah, and I kind of feel listen, there's some interesting stuff in here and you're getting a lot of explosions, you're getting a lot of explosiveness, you're getting the action packed bad boys <sighs> formula. I'm liking that they're separating them and he's kind of like Will Smith's on his own little task force and he's got a new team and you know, there could be some funny moments in there, but then it, it all of a sudden Martin Lawrence is back in the fold and it's kind of like, uh, is this going to be a good script? Is, is there going to be something interesting Look, here? At, at the very least, are they going to be awesome action sequences? Cause that's I what have. you kind of want. And, banter yeah you want, for, for the bad boys you want good action you want banter yeah i have a really like i've got a soft spot for martin lawrence i, I just too. think he's funny big mama's house man um and uh <laughs> um but uh there's this movie concerns me because i have a feeling that at least from the action point of view there is this there's sometimes this i guess misconception that that um, action movies have, I guess if that's the right way to phrase it, that bigger explosions equals better action. And this movie looks like it's, you know, using that like mantra. It, it's using that kind of yeah. ideology. Like we'll get faster cars, we'll get bigger explosions, we'll get CGI helicopters, you know, crashing through and you know doing these wild things and and that's the mentality right let's just bigger badder better. it's a massive shame michael bay's off this because he he did some awesome stuff in those first yep. two ones and he's a lot more in camera than this one looks it is yep. going off your point so that like i mean you can have a really good action film that has you know little to no cgi mm. um and so yeah it's just it's a bit it's a bit rough like that, right? I'm still excited for it. 
Look, I, I'll, I'll oh, watch My it. expectations are low and delivery will probably be yeah. right on there. But that's the thing, right? This is the perfect kind of blockbuster because you're not, you're not going in to watch an Oscar film or anything exactly. like that. You're not going to be sideswiped and being like, oh, that turned out to be, you know, just uh, two hours of action and, and banter. It's like two liters of Pepsi, a fuck yeah. off extra large popcorn and copious amounts of chocolate and just I This is where I think off. these kinds of, like, I, I, I would... This kind of, this is a weird segue into like what Scorsese was talking about, like oh, uh, you know, cinema should be for cinema or like yeah. film and all that. I'm like, but this this kind of shit, the, I love this. Like, I would I I don't think that it's better in the cinema than on at home. Yeah, it's an I'm, experience, right? Like, I just I, I I would be really sad if if um if this wasn't here. Like, if this if, if this kind of film didn't exist. And and also I feel like there's there's kind of a new paradigm forming for what's going to go to the cinema and what's going to go to streaming, and and that's previously been like oh that's not going to do well in in cinema let's put it on Netflix and it's turning into we're building this type of film for this type of platform and making it more native yeah. to the platform so the cinema releases get pushed further this way the streaming movies and TV series get pushed more another way. And, and and there's kind of more of a template or or, yeah. or or a market fit for what you're trying to actually achieve rather than kind of just whatever we can get. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I agree. Cool. Should we move on? Let's do it. We've got um a new TV series from Apple Plus. Yes. Um called Servant, Servant. which has M. Night Shyamalan um attached to it. Um, you and I were both saying how crisp apple's uh trailers are looking like it's got that apple kind of stamp of approval so yeah sheen to it yeah um, and i appreciate that i appreciate they're going for a distinct look because there's this streaming this streaming market has just tripled in size within like a six month period you know they really everyone has to stand out and get this piece of the pie i think apple are doing uh, uh within what the brand is they're, they're doing it well i think yeah, so I think that they are positioning themselves as a kind of pre- premium service. Um, you know, there's a there's a gateway on quality. Like they're getting big names. Um, they're getting you know kind of epic properties. They're getting you know really crisp looking um, cinematography, uh, cinematography and, and all that. So yeah. like I you know I like that they are taking a bit of a different tact with their streaming service. Um, I feel like the lots of content style um, engagement is, or that that market is pretty saturated. Like at the moment you've got really big players in there like Prime, you've got Netflix, um, you've got, um, well, Prime, Netflix, and now kind of Disney Plus are the, are I think are going to be the three main everything to yeah. the wall kind of providers. You've got some of the smaller ones like Hulu and Stan and HBO Max and Yeah, and things like that. They're a little bit second more tier. Kind of second tier. Yeah. Second just in terms of like yeah. the marketplace. Yes. They're like so, an add-on. You yeah. Know, you have Netflix and you add on Yeah. The other the little superfluous ones. Yeah. Um but this looks really great. Yeah, it looks really cool. I love the concept. Um I was actually like this it's funny like the other the other day I was reading about, you know, things like phantom pregnancy, um, like which is a mental illness where there's there's women that believe 
despite like, you know, blood testing saying that they're not, but they believe that they're pregnant and like right. the psychological strain that that can put on a family, um, in a relationship, all that kind of like, it's like, it's Tense. terrifying. I was reading about it. And I was like, fuck, that's like, that's really intense. Um, and there's, um, you know, similarities in, in what this is dealing with. And I, I just, I think it's such a cool, um, topic to explore as a psychological thriller. So the idea is that this, this family has a doll um, instead of a child. and, and I think there was a, a line about how they lost their child. Yeah. So I don't know whether that was replaced it pre-birth or, as or a coping mechanism or for the mom. And this yeah. nanny is being hired to come look after this doll. And it's this really weird situation where, you know, I'm being paid. It's, it's going to get very interesting. And M. Night is directing episode one and episode nine. In the yeah. series. So November 28th. This is really cool. I'm going to get on this and watch this. I'm really excited for this. I think yeah. this looks really fantastic. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Um, I I'm, I way, have... I'm getting way more excited for streaming stuff than movie cinema releases. Well, I mean, like just from a from a from um, the amount of content perspective, like there's just so much more out there. So there's going to be a lot more hits. Um, it's, I mean, it, 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 it is kind of the, it's the future. Totally. So, I mean, I think a lot of good content creators are going to be drawn towards that medium because that's the way that they're going to communicate with their audiences more and more. Um, it's fascinating. It's it is really fascinating. fascinating. And I look, that's not to say that I think that cinema doesn't have its place, like that, that you know, going out to a movie theater is a bad thing because, and, and I've been saying this for years, well before we were like, you know, back when we worked at a cinema, I was like, they have to change their thinking. They have to make going to the cinema an experience. They can't just rely on the content that's being put on the screens to and draw people in. hopefully they do. As, as sort and of taking from what I was saying before, hopefully the cinema just gets pushed into its own little niche. From, from a content perspective, but I think the individual cinemas need to take it upon themselves to really, um, to really make it an experience. You want to for- go to that barbershop uh, Hoyt Cinema bullshit they got? Do they, do they have a barbershop? It looks That's like not it. It what I mean like by an experience. <laughs> I kidding. just mean like putting on interesting events or content or, you know, just making like, you know. It's got to be Instagrammable, really man. Like, it's got to be Instagrammable. Instagrammable. It's got to be an event. Uh, it's got to make you like goodie bags, um, Q&As, uh, just a value add from something than just going yeah. to sit down in a room. Because if cinemas are just relying on content, there is so much that I can get from the comfort of my own home. Yeah, well, um, that's what it's been like with the Irishman reviewing that. Like, I, I've been chock-a-block last weekend and the weekend before, and I've just kind of been like, when am I going to see the Irishman? I wish it was just on at Netflix so yeah. I could just dial Three it Three and in. a half hours. I, I was saying this to you before we got onto the podcast. Like, what a fucking joke that Scorsese went out and was like, oh, cinemas have to be more selective with, you know, what they put onto their screens and, you know, they should, you know, go towards, um, you know, film. And then he gives these cinemas a three and a half hour runtime film that fucks up with all of their like programming and- It's Scorsese, bro. Stops them. them. That's at least a session or two that they can't fit into a day, which is money lost (laughs) for them. How how like how it's done, son. completely out of touch do you have to be That's how it's to done. like oh fuck that. that 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 gets me it's it's so wild I love it servant 
It, it's, it all goes back. <laughs> Anyways, finally, we've got um, not technically a trailer, I suppose, but some clips from Marvel's What If, like little short little clips of each one. I think it was released on their Twitter account. M- must have been, yeah. This looks really great. I, I'm I'm really digging the animation style. It's not... It's not necessarily that one that everybody loves. It's like a sort of cell shaded CGI almost looking animation, but I, yeah. I think it's fitting and I think it's the aesthetics are working for me right now. Yeah. I am um, I'm I'm uh, Yeah. I I I I'm not as uh, as excited for this as you, I think. Just like based off what I've seen. Mm. Um it's uh I always love parallel realities, alternate histories, yeah. you know, what could have been. Yeah. And, and there's some interesting stuff in here. Yeah. Captain I, Britain or Captain America with Hayley Atwell's um, Peggy Carter's character, um, you know, Marvel zombies. Uh, there, there's, it looks cool. It looks, it looks engaging and interesting. And especially for somebody who's been invested with the MCU since day one, I think this is really fun stuff. Yeah. The 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 one thing that I kind of thought was a bit oh it's definitely not disappointing but like from what I've seen so far it's just a matter of like oh what if you know T'Challa was Star-Lord or what if Haley Atwell was um Captain America I'm like that doesn't seem terribly inventive in terms of what if like I kind of wish that and I think it, Haley Atwell Peggy Carter's cool on, well, but the, but, like, but, but, but Star Lord is like that's weird to yeah, me. That's just, just a switch out. My, my point is not necessarily who replaces who or what if this person was that. It's more about like I would rather see like what if what if Tony Stark never had his um, change of conscience, and it's not necess- It's not just taking a different person and putting them in a different mask. It's like changing some event and seeing what the Fall once. Like, what if Iron Man was a bad dude? Like that. What that- if Thanos? What if the Iron Man never got the gems back and Thanos actually? Those yada, kinds yada, of things yada, are yada. a little bit more interesting to me. Not just like swapping someone out. That I'm, I'm just kind of like, I don't know why that. Like, I just, I wish there had been something a little bit more interesting. Like, maybe, maybe do a couple of those. But like, I also want to see like. I'm not sure how many of these know. we're getting. I think there's like twelve. So maybe there will be a few of those. Yeah, I hope. I hope there are. Where they do something a, a little selection. bit more funky. Where yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. just a matter of I'll buy your point. different, like the Haley Atwell one, Haley Atwell one, the one that we saw in the the, the tiny clip yeah. has Steve Rogers as Iron Man and her yes. as Captain Britain. I'm like, yeah. that's just changing the character and putting them in the different. Like, I just it doesn't really feel. I understand what you're saying. Alternate yeah. reality enough. Sure. Anyways, um, but I'll be there day one. So yeah, exactly. Let's finish up with question of the week. Guys, we love hearing from you. So this is the viewer question of the week. We're going to change it to viewer question of the week because it's about you guys. We want to interact with you guys. What if they listen? You you just, just like sound the conch and, and like (laughs) a pigeon will come through your question. Can can listeners not? Oh yeah. That's what I mean. Well, what what is it? What, what, what do we engager of the week? Engager? Those who content engager. Content engager roll, question of the week. Do you reckon that rolls, rolls off, off the, the tongue, tongue nicely? So much better, yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's it. So uh, viewer <laughs> engager engage. question of the week. Content engager. 
content engagement, viewer engagement. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> we want to hear from you guys. So hit us up with a quick question. Normally the best way is on YouTube comments, but also hit us up in the DMs or comment on our Facebook. posts on Facebook, Facebook Instagram. Really good way to get hit us up. Hit us up. So we've got a really good one here from L Lee. L I. L E L space L Y. Thanks for your question. Really interested to hear your opinions on Dr. Sleep next week. Don't worry. That review is coming next Tuesday. Stay tuned. Considering how director Mike Flanagan has pretty impressively handled well-beloved novels, films, IP, and the horror genre, do you think he could handle a Star Wars trilogy better than, say, J.J. or Ryan Johnson? Ooh. Was there a follow-up where they also asked about how they would handle, like, for example, the Harry Potter films? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, But I wanted to keep it to the Star Wars component of it. Because well, I actually had a really good answer for the We've got Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Well, we can, but we anyways, can include let, that. But anyways, let's do uh, Star Wars first. We can include um, that. Let me, let me finish the whole question then yeah. if, you want, if you want to address that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so the, the remainder of the question is IMO. Um, Flanagan is is the kind of writer-director I'd love to see working alongside J.K. Rowling on a more emotional retelling of the original Harry Potter books in a dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign TV miniseries format. That actually yeah. sounds really fucking cool. It sounds fucking amazing. So let's, let's we'll, we'll go with Star Wars first and then we'll jump into Harry Potter. Um, look, Mike Flanagan's... Sorry? So, so I'm really sorry. I, I've just got to butt in here and say, can could handle a Star Wars trilogy better than, say, J.J. or Ryan Johnson? My concern here is Ooh. that, you know, is 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 my concern here is that Mike Flanagan, he is really great on those smaller budgets. Like, can he handle the size and scope of a Star Wars production? Like, I'd want him to get... Um, in, in a movie in between that would like brace him for you know you want him to get on a sixty to a hundred million dollar movie to to cope with a two hundred million. Do you know what would be really great is if he I, this is the way that I think if he was going to do a Star Wars film it should progress he should do a Marvel film which means that he will get experience working with like a really big budget but Marvel is is kind of really well renowned for giving a very structured or like they give a lot of support to their directors in terms of what they can and cannot do or, you know, like there, there's that framework there. So I think that'd be a really good stepping stone. Or even like a Marvel TV series or a Star Wars Something, TV yeah. series. Maybe just one episode, 10, 15 million bucks. Yeah. You know, maybe that's a good way to go. Look, so this is... But in terms of storytelling, well, yeah. I wonder, I think he's got that darkness that I'd like to see him bring out more out of Star Wars. So Flanagan is really, really good at giving uh, the due time to characters. Like that is something that he has consistently shown that he has a flair for. Um, and, you know, um, the if, if you look at Haunting of Hill House, that's a character study. If, even if you look at um, Dr. Sleep, and I, you know, I won't go into what we think about that, but like from a character perspective, he's obviously very good at getting you to engage with with characters. And also seeing those characters interact. Yeah. Particularly in Hill House with the family dynamics. Oh, yeah. That was expertly handled. So I think that um that from a from a character point of view, when it comes to Star Wars, would love to see that. Because I think that that's something that's been kind of lacking a little bit in the the um 
pretty much sequel trilogy. the sequel trilogy and the prequels for that matter. But like for the sequel trilogy, I think that, you know, there hasn't been as much kind of in-depth. Like when I think about Ray, I kind of, probably not the greatest example. If I think about... Um, uh, Kylo? Not Kylo. Because um, I think Kylo and Ray are probably the ones that have had the most character development. Definitely. But if you think about like, Finn. Oh, sorry, Finn. Ah, I feel like there's a missed opportunity there, right? Definitely. Um, there, that's kind of the last Jedi's fault in a way. It is, yeah. But I think that if that had been handled by, let's say, Mike Flanagan, he wouldn't have wasted a character like that. I, I think he would have avoided adding more characters and really nurtured the ones he had. Or if he had added characters as Ryan Johnson did, I think that he would have done a far better job at giving them relevance and how they interact and how they, um, you know, um, just the general audience engagement with those um, characters as well. So I, yeah, I would absolutely love to see Ryan Johnson handle the character side of that. I do tend to agree with you, which is, you know, Star Wars is a, is a different beast entirely. And and JJ Abrams is really good at kind of putting on that producer hat and like dealing with a studio and managing a million different things. Size of the set even, you know? Yeah. How do you light and shoot a set of that magnitude? Yeah. And, and there's some directors that just have the experience or the wherewithal to be able to handle that. And I don't think I've ever seen a film from Flanagan that is of that scale, particularly if you're talking about sci-fi, there is so much to be able to just Mm. handle from a from a logistics point of view, I mean, even if you all right, let's. But Doctor um, Sleep, I would say he had a bit more. If more I budget. think about that, there's more budget there. So there is. you know, that's that's probably a thirty million dollar. But also, if you think about it, at any one time, no more than maybe two or three characters on screen. Totally. At there's one no point, armies. There's no. There's there's there was never any huge logistical crazy. issues. Lots of like lone shots or one on one dialogue. Like you no, know, forty five to fifty five million dollar budget. They're saying so. Hey, maybe not a small budget, but like again, solid budget there. Solid yeah. budget. Even but, if you look at, but, uh, I was going to say yeah, the Russo yeah. brothers. Even in their early stuff, when there was no budget, like if you look at some of those community episodes. There's like, a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And there's quite clearly like, you know, a lot of things that need to be organized, particularly in some of the more rambunctious episodes, like yeah. paintball episodes or something like that. Yeah. You can say like, all right, I can see how that translates, but I don't know if I see how Flanagan's skill set necessarily translates. Like, I'm not saying that he would be bad at it. I just said I haven't seen proof that he's, you know, to that level that, you know, let's say J.J. Abrams is at. But- in terms of the second question here, oh. I think that number one, he ticks the box in the miniseries format. Haunting yep. of Hill House was yep. one of my favorites of 2018. Mm-hmm. And secondary, Flanagan just seems to, his his filmography seems to have a more natural fit to the Harry Potter universe oh, yes. and the Star Wars universe. I would kill to see Flanagan take on the original series. How creepy he would do it. Well, he'd be able to go creepy where he needs to go creepy. But I think that, again, talking about characters, like Harry Potter is about the characters, right? Most definitely. And I think that some of the films, uh, you know, the original films, they kind of skimped out on the character and went a little bit for the surface magical world but thing. That's how, but that's just the nature of movie versus book, I feel. It, it is. But I think that you'll never get that depth of character. You'll never get the same depth. Like well, I know, so I totally agree. Mini series, you can get that a lot more. Miniseries, and I think the touch of Flanagan is also a ma- major thing. I think that he would, you know, 
there would be a lot more focus on the characters. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think the books, like they should definitely be fast tracking that, like getting, you know, this whole fantastic beast thing has not worked fast track those miniseries. So by 2023, 2025, you got miniseries is a tough one. If you think about it, cause like miniseries you do, you, you is do, as much, if not more filming time than a movie and you're definitely. still running like you ha- would have to basically run up against the same issue that the movies had which is you've got kids that are growing up you just do it like game of thrones you know they they come back every year you do the fucking three months bing yeah. bada boom yeah, yeah you could do that but you'd have to have it all dialed in Oof. yeah that that that, that really does sound awesome i think that's the way to go when i read year. that this week i got like i i got like actually excited for something that's never going to happen. You hear that E L L Y L E. We like, L-E? we like where your head's at, man. Yeah. Or, or, or gal guy. Or I mean, girl. to be honest, I'll, I'll watch anything that Flanagan does totally. at this point. He hasn't, I was thinking about this the other day. He might, he hasn't be, betrayed you yet. He might be my favorite director to date. He's so consistent. I mean, have you seen Oculus? No, I haven't seen all this. I know, I, I know, wait I know, for I know. You to see that. But in terms of directors that I will like, I've just got faith in. It's basically him, Villeneuve. Yep, I'd agree with you there. Those two, really, at the moment, I can't say a bad word about them. I mean, I could find like pretty much any other director. I could find something that I don't like or some kind of criticism that I could have. Of their of anything really, but Villeneuve and 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 uh, Flanagan, I just at least that comes to mind. Can't mm. think of anything wrong with them, other than their heads. <laughs> Guys, oh, hit us up with a question for next week. We love to hear from you. Let's finish off with Watchmen episode four spoiler review. So if you haven't seen this, guys, we'll see you next week. It's been really really nice hanging out. Um, if you have seen it or you don't really care, continue listening on. Uh, When I was watching this, I truly felt that we were into the second phase of this series. Like I felt like this was, we'd had quite a lot of setup and whatnot in episode one, two, and three. And this one was like, we're not really setting up too much other stuff. It felt like the story was going. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. It wasn't my I mean, favorite, like compared to some of the other ones where it's like, oh, this is better. Oh, this one keeps getting better. I think episode three is currently my favorite. Yeah. But it was still a really awesome well, episode. It started to kind of weave a lot of the questions that had been asked in the first three episodes, which I think, like I have said, that's always the easy part, right? Asking questions and, and kind of set up, you know, setting things up and like, the oh, I wonder what box. it'll be, right? And this has, this has started to kind of answer slash, you know, bring in, some of yeah. these disparate, um, you know, threads, at least, if not to an end, but like at least together, let's see how they weave together. Like, you know, having the, the, the grandfather um, be in cahoots with this um, Vietnamese woman. Um, you know, I just, I, th- I think it did it really well. You know, it's a difficult task after having asked that many questions to kind of like start to 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 make something of this series. And I am starting to feel like 
this series could pull it off all the way. I'm starting to feel that as well. And I really don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. I really, I really, really need Lyndon. Like, I need him to kind of. You hearing that Lindelof? I really need you to to, to stick the landing on this. I think I'm just telling you, like this this has been such a good setup, and it is starting to like move at a pace. And I'm like, this could be my num- This could be my favorite thing of the year if it sticks the landing. This could be my hunting of Hill House for this year. Yeah, hundred percent, easily. Now, one of my favorite scenes in this was when um, Laurie Laurie Blake confronts um, Angela. Uh, you know, we're getting that scene where she's like, oh, I found the fingerprints in the car, you know, you know, that she's starting to catch on, you know, the wheelchair, the wheelchair prints, the track tires, like things are starting, the dots are starting to connect. And I was like, okay, wow. These, these character dynamics are changing rapidly. Mm-hmm. This is, this is really starting to heat up nicely. And I think it was just fantastic writing and set up and payoff. Yeah. One of the things that I, I really love is that I don't know how I feel about any of the characters. Yeah. At any given time, I could, like, you, you asked me, oh, is, are they a villain or are they a good person? Like, are they the protagonist, antagonist? I was like, I don't know. Even Angela. I'm like, the, I'm, I'm, I, you know, she's most definitively the protagonist for me, but at least you're following her journey. But I know what you mean. Like, I don't know if I like if I like her necessarily. Like, you know, um, yeah. Some of her reactions are interesting. They're not your typical like stoic hero. You know, there's 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 something different. There's something human about her. Yeah, like you know, for example, some of her interactions with her stepkid or her foster kid, adopted kid. The, the the young boy, I mean, he's like, you're a bit rough, mm. right? Like, fucking chill. Mm. Um, so, like, there, there's a, a kind of, you know, if she turned out to be not evil, but if she turned out to be a little bit more complex in terms of her morality, then, initi- like, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, and that goes for, like... Adrian Veidt, like, I'm like, do you, do, am I meant to like, I kind of want him to escape, but at the same time, I don't like, I just like that whole mystery keeps. It's getting know, so interesting. Getting more and more interesting. Like Benny said last week, he's on Mars and I truly believe he's on Mars. I, I think he's on Mars. Yeah. Like that bit where he's catapulting. And uh, they're just like looking through the telescope and yeah. they're just disappearing. And you're like, whoa, this is, this is like something out of a video game, man. Like, have I ever seen that in a movie before that type of scene yeah. it was so out there and bizarre and, and fantastic i think episode two was probably where i got like really strong suspicions that he was on mars because that's when they introduced like the tomato tree yeah and the idea that these were clones um, it still didn't elude me to but i can see the dome now and like the force field projection yeah. of the where he is in mars like but the on mars. like that kind of like the 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 fact that i think he's imprisoned there by um, Manhattan, Manhattan. Mm. and but the that would make sense because you know Manhattan wanted to make life, and in this episode he's very specifically said that he didn't create yes. this life. Yes, um, so that would make sense. Um, you know the the whole idea that this place isn't clearly isn't Earth, yeah. or isn't like Earth. You know, alludes to the fact that all right, this was created by um, you know, someone else. Those creepy fetuses in the lake and yeah he just tosses them so that that i love that tearingly 
that scene was so wild because it, you know, it was just this like, oh, I'm fishing for like lobster. Like I was just looking at like, ah, that one's not going to do. The, and he's just like his worthlessness of these beings. Like yeah. he knows, he knows what's happening with the creation, which let's say it is Dr. Manhattan. And he looks at them as sort of sub beings. Yeah. What a fantastic way to just show his, uh, dispassion or, or contempt for those. Yeah. Those, just like, ugh. Yes. Yeah. Really, really great. So loving all of that stuff. Um, what were some other key highlights in here? I think the, the opening scene. Oh, sorry. The, the, the opening scene. scene, like where where you had um, what was the character's name? Um, Lady uh, Triu. Yeah. Um, you know she comes to that farmland with that Oklahoma couple, and she just bribes them with a with a genetically formed yeah, baby. Very cool. Um, that th- was this, so th- out there. There is one thing that I I wasn't. I didn't understand, and I don't know whether this is just because I missed something, but I was under the impression that that was meant to be quite a while ago in the past because the shot after that transitions, like something falls from the sky, right? Yes. And then it transitions to a shot of um, the uh, like the Manhattan phone booth. Yes. And it looked as though the Manhattan phone booth was like right over where whatever that thing that fell from the sky was. And I was like, are they saying that that, but it, whatever yeah, that fell Yeah, and then it transitions, didn't it? It, it? Like that's the same place, just like 50 years they later when a like town's been built over it? didn't they? Yeah, so I was like, is mm. that meant to have been in the past and now I didn't this pick is up built on over that. it? I didn't think so just, just because of the tech. Just because of the tech. Like the ability to bring the baby back, but... You know that you're, 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 it's an interesting thought. I didn't even, yeah. didn't even. And because they also said you're building the 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 clock, was that like they she will be building the clock? Like she has plans to build it, or you know, was it fully constructed by the time they we went never, in? You later? didn't see it. Yeah, that's right. Right, and and, and they, they were still building it at on. the end of the episode. Yeah. So like it, it could have worked either way. Totally. So I was trying to think like, oh. I just like, think it seems too, too sophisticated to be a flashback, you know, that technology. But it's an interesting thought. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. But like the the way she turned the, like in terms of, you know, in terms of writing and character, ca- character and really setting the scene for what they are, you know, just waltzing in saying, I'm going to have this in three minutes, you know, the confidence Turning the, the hourglass, yeah, like, and it was yeah. just you know she didn't give a shit. Like she would the the you know the baby. She's like, oh, we don't want to kill it, you know, you know. Oh, yeah, it's like uh, don't, you know, if you don't sign in ten seconds, I'll be throwing it away. So nihilistic, you and know? then like laughing, be like, of course not. Um, it just, just, just really great acting as well as great script writing and and scene setting. It's just, it really shows the sophistication of this show. Um. Yeah, then another scene that sort of stood out was um, Yaya Abdul Mateen's character, Yaya Abdul Mateen the second, I should say, his <laughs> character, um, sort of his kids just telling them like, you remember like what was he before? He was nothing before, and then he lived and he became he was a baby, and then he became a child, and then he was an old man, and then he died, and he returned back to nothing. And I was like, whoa, is that what I'm gonna be like when I'm a dad? Jesus, <laughs> like it, yeah. it was very brutal. It was very brutal. Yeah, I I I love the relationship between um him and Angela um and how we're getting like this kind of more um we're kind of getting little hints onto how they are mm. as a couple. More platonic in a way. It is. Like they're very amicable. Mm. 
in a very like it just in a way that but they do they do they have they have, they have sex in an early episode right yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's definitely not platonic but yeah. like I don't think it platonic so a partnership is it's it 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 very much feels like a partnership yeah and they kind of know their lanes yeah they sort of have roles and responsibilities I'm super interested in that yeah mm. I think it's really cool developing nicely um but yeah this one you know not necessarily as much to talk about I I don't like, no, it's really about like they've asked a lot of the questions and they're just kind of answering sort a couple of shaping it and up like now. bringing things a little bit together. Like, you know, I read something that said that there's even more questions in this one. And I don't really feel as though there are. I think they probably answered as many as they asked. Um, but everything feels as though we're going to like the beginning, like the the questions have been asked let's now get into the point of the the series where we're moving forward. Like the, you know, we're all queued up on what's mm. going on, who people are. Like we're not probably not going to be introducing too many more characters. Like this really yeah. feels like where things start moving. Yeah. And it, and as I said, it feels like phase two, we're into the next part of the series. So yeah, feeling good. Feeling yeah. Like good. I said, I, I really feel like if they maintain this level of quality throughout the entire series that this would would almost certainly be on my top 10 of this year. 100%. Which I would have, like, if you told me when I had first watched the trailers that this was going to be my top 10, I'd be like, nah, not a chance. Really? Yeah, look, the trailers just didn't really do much for me. I but, think I was um, just sold on the, pre- the promise of... David know, Lindelof doing Watchmen. Not even Lindelof, just Watchmen coming back and the, the, it just looked really oh, crisp. It could have been, like, doesn't that feel like it could have been just oh, so it bad? Been, it could have been horrible. It just yeah. it, it looked. It I, looks I will be really gutted. Like because now that I've let myself think that this could be like this could be it, yep. I will be so utterly gutted if they don't stick the landing, mm. which is a serious possibility. You know, and and some people don't think Watchmen, the comic book series, um, sticks the landing. So if you know he's he's doing a lot of parallels with that. Uh, so will he do something totally wild and out there that takes a minute to digest? I expect like that. a giant squid. Like a giant squid flattening a city. Expect that. Expect that. Well, guys, we've got a monster week next week. Watchmen episode five review. We'll be talking about the Mandalorian as well because Disney Plus will have released in Australia. Also got the Irishman and we'll have our um, Doctor Sleep review up. So it's going to be huge. We're going to fit it in somehow. We'll see you then. We'll manage. With the crew fully formed. To create again. the ultimate podcast. Podcast. Ah. I feel bad for saying that. <laughs> it just feels so lame. <laughs> you, you either got to commit or, or Yeah, not, I got a half-assed you know? it, yeah. didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. All right, well. Good luck in the later, in the cinema, man. The three and a half hours in The Irishman. Fuck. Good luck to you. Have you watched it yet? No. I'm watching it this weekend. Um... Do it Sunday. Oh, Sunday, I'm it. supposed to be doing some crap, so... Doing some crap? Yeah. It might be Saturday morning, eh? Now I think about it. Fuck. Whoa, anyway, we'll see you then, Connor. <laughs> Catch it. See you.